You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. And uh, today we got another great episode. We're going to be talking once again with Larry McCoy and Larry is going to break down custom bow equipment for us. That is a a company that makes sights, rests, uh, stabilizers, quivers, uh, and I think for the most part that's it, but it is uh, a company that sells accessories for your compound bow. Uh, Really good episode. We talk about materials, uh, we talk about um, price reflecting quality, we talk about their design, their engineering, uh, what what is popular with their company right now, and what products that he would suggest for uh, a hardcore bow hunter uh, like most of the people who I'm, I'm guessing are listening to this podcast. So a really good episode uh, with a, a really good company there, and uh, uh, Larry does a good job of breaking it all down. Now, before we get into this episode, I got to do a couple house cleaning things. I just want to remind everybody that you can listen to this podcast by subscribing on iTunes. You know, you can listen to just the Hunting Gear podcast on iTunes or wherever you download your uh, podcast. You can also listen to it on the uh, Sportsman's Nation Big Game and Whitetail Feed. Um, and there you're going to get every uh, podcast that comes through the Sportsman's Nation. So uh, a lot of great content coming down there. Be sure you are following the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page and Instagram page because that's where I promote this. I don't, uh, I don't do anything yet uh, with Hunting Gear Podcast on the uh, on Instagram or Facebook. It all runs through the Sportsman's Nation and the Nine Finger Chronicles social feed. So. There's that. Um, One thing that I want to remind everybody as we start to get heavy into, um, I guess you want to say the buying season. Right now is when everybody's starting to do their research, get into the purchasing of their products uh, for, for hunting gear and equipment, is to not be influenced by the marketing of a specific company. And I, and I know sometimes it's hard because there's a lot of people out there who do a really good job of marketing their company. What I'm going to recommend is that you go out and you purchase a product that fits your need and fits you, not only physically, but functionally as well. Because, uh, you know, we all have different body shapes and sizes, and we all we all have different needs. We all have different budgets. And I think that's very important when it comes into, uh, you know, what we're spending, what we're buying for ourselves or for others. So uh, just keep that in mind. And this is a this is a shitty segue going into this, but I do have to do some uh, some commercials here uh, because you know I got sponsors to help me pay my bills. And uh, first off, we're going to talk about a company called the Average Conservationist. This is a lifestyle brand, an, an apparel company, and these guys make some really kick ass 
hats, t-shirts, hooded sweatshirts. Um, and it, I'm wearing one right now. I think I have like, he sent me about 13 of them. So I have enough t-shirts to wear basically on the last day of two, every two weeks I do laundry and then I have clean t-shirts again but uh, they fit really well they're not the tight around the stomach they're the tight around the, the uh, I don't want to even say tight they're form-fitting and they make a guy with kind of a belly like myself uh, look good and that's that's kind of cool right it, it's uh, they're snug in all the right spots on top of that really cool logo uh, and a really cool message behind the company, right? Uh, the average conservationist, right off the bat, gives 10% of all of their revenue to a conservation org- organization, either at a local or state level. So um, just know that when you purchase something from the average conservationist, you are also donating to conservation in indirectly in, sh- in some way, shape, or form. And uh, if you go to their website, theaverageconservationist.com, you can enter the discount code not, uh, N, it's NFC10, NFC10, and you're going to save 10% off of your purchase. Uh, so go to theaverageconservationist.com, check out their, uh, their apparel and all the gear that they're selling there, some pretty cool stuff. Uh, next, Lone Wolf Tree Stands. Dude, like, it's that time, right? It is that time we should all be scouting. We should all be getting out and finding places to hang our tree stands. Either, you know, if you're a prepper and you go up and you leave them up from the summer, or if you are the kind of person who ends up, uh, you know, just coming back and hanging them in a run and gun type scenario. But uh, this is like, this, this product is like an appendage to me. Four sticks and the assault uh, hang on tree stand is what I rock from Lone Wolf on every run and gun hunt. I don't do a lot of mods to them, but I will throw some hockey tape around the sticks and um, the, uh, the, I guess you want to call it the vertical portion of the hang on tree stand. And uh, that's about it, man. And they're quiet. They are, uh, there's little to no learning. I mean, the first, uh, the first, five hanging hunts you do it'll take some time and maybe the first one every year it takes a little, little time but you get a lineman's belt on your tree on your tree harness or your safety harness and it man setup can be done and tearing down can be done in like five minutes i mean i i'm i'm not a pro by any means but i'm really good at setting up and tearing down a lone wolf just because i use it so much and i highly recommend uh, if you want to get closer to deer, find a way to get mobile, and Lone Wolf is one way to do that. So uh, head on over to the Lone Wolf website, and when you're there and you decide to make a purchase, enter the discount code 9FC21, 9FC21, and uh, you'll be able to save $50 off of all purchases over $200. So that's like anywhere, depending on what you buy, that's an 18 to, I think it's like 18 to 25% uh, discount on, depending on the product that you buy. So that's a pretty good discount. Uh, and lastly, we have a new partner that is HuntStand. HuntStand is a, it is the number one hunting app uh, in the country. And it is, it's designed for hunters right it is a it's an app that allows you to view over i think it's like a dozen different base maps to choose from to you know to start working with Uh, it shows property ownership information it also has 3d mapping it shows you local weather information Um, it allows you to uh, track or log your sightings and your harvest scouting camera management software like it allows you to, to um, upload your trail camera pictures into it and, and organize them. And then it also, they also, of the hunting areas that you select, you have an opportunity to print some of those maps. They have a service that uh, they offer there as well. So um, you can download it for free at the Apple App Store or Google Play. And uh, it's just another awesome you know you can do digital scouting on it it's another awesome uh, you know uh something for your arsenal Uh, their their motto is hunt stand upgrade your arsenal and uh, i'll tell you i'll tell you what i feel like 
Uh, as the more I get to play around with this app, I'm finding out that it has a ton of awesome uh, functionality that I'm definitely going to be using throughout the entire year, not just the hunting season. So uh, huntstand.com is the website. Go check them out. And that's about it. So there is the commercials. Let's get into today's episode with Larry McCoy of Custom Bow Equipment. All right, on the phone with me again, Mr. Larry McCoy. Larry, how we doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Uh, yeah, long time to talk, right? Right, I think it's been like uh, two <laughs> weeks. We touched on Elite the last time. Um, all of these companies that we're going to be talking about with Larry fall under the outdoor group brand uh, of uh, of products and, and product lines. So uh, that's uh, a holding company. Is that what you guys are called at the outdoor group? Well, <laughs> well, uh, we're just, uh, we're basically just the outdoor group is like the mother company to all of these, these, uh, you know, quality, you know, archery centric brands. Yeah. Uh, and so they just kind of fall underneath the outdoor group umbrella. You know, as, as you mentioned, we talked about elite archery, uh, here not too long ago. And, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about the future and talking about some of these other brands as well. Perfect. And today we're going to be talking about custom bow equipment, right? And, and it looks, I'm on their website now. It looks like that's sights, rests, um, like stabilizers, quivers, a little bit of everything for, for your bow. And, um, I want to, I want to start it off here. I want to start it off by talking about the material that is used to build these products, because I look at some of your, um, some of your sites and they look pretty complex from like all the grooves uh for um you know yardage adjustments and it looks like there's a lot of fine machining that goes into uh some of these products so why don't you touch base real quick on um the design behind it the material that's used and how that translates into having a high quality product whether it's a a site or um you know a rest on your on your bow right yeah uh you know we pride ourselves obviously with the name custom bow equipment uh you know a lot of people know them as cbe or cbe sites well you know i'm here to tell you we're not cbe is not just a site company uh hence the name custom bow equipment and so touching on the material you know the high, higher grade aluminum uh just recently introduced to the lineup uh through a model last year and uh a couple models with our target sites and also uh the cx5 hunting site uh we have a site that offers a carbon bar as well uh but really thinking about that custom site, uh, being able to customize your site to the way you shoot. Every human being is different as far as where their pee pipes at, uh, you know, and how their site needs to be set up and really custom both equipment with this material and those grooves that you mentioned with a smart mount system with having, you know, different holes to be able to mount. You can literally customize and get the, the our site set up to the way you shoot. Gotcha. So, so there, there's a reason for, for all of that uh, to be because it's, it really is a custom uh, feel. And the thing about CBE is when it comes to sites, we have a, a broad spectrum. We were known as just this really high-end equipment, which it really is. So a couple of years ago, we introduced uh, the Tactic Series, which brought that quality to a lot more affordable price for the guy that didn't have or didn't necessarily need to be able to dial a yardage to a yardage tape or anything, just wanted that fixed pin site uh, that they can get that, you know, at a, at a reasonable price. That's really a best in class product. Yeah. So in your opinion, what makes, uh, we'll just, we're talking about rests or uh, sites right now. What makes a, a site, a high quality site? Uh, there's, there's a, a lot of things that go into play. One, uh, two is making sure that it's, uh, you have the adjustments you need, like I said, because everybody's different. Two, making sure you have at least a minimal of a second, third axis adjustment, uh, too, because uh, if you're planning on not saying that every 
bow hunter needs that to be successful, but it does help in situations if you're shooting at a lot of angles and, and so on, you can make sure that your, your sight is true with your bow. Uh, and so that, that is a big feature of it too. Sight housings and the construction of it. Uh, some people, you know, like to shoot with a lens uh, now. Uh, so some of our upper end sites, they offer adapt. So you can adapt if you want to put a two, two power lens in, you can uh, all the way up to an eight power uh, lens. Uh, so there's there's a lot of features that go into play, but really the construction of the site being super robust, knowing that when you tighten it down, it's not going to move, and also making sure that those uh, those adjustments are easy and are going to stay. And that's one thing that we've been pr- uh, pride ourselves on is making sure that we're building uh, that that source of quality for the that all every archer can benefit from. Yeah. And I'll, I'll share a little story here. Um, I had a budget going into a previous year's, um, you know, I got my bow and now it was time to outfit that bow with a rest and sight and all this stuff. And, uh, uh, and I'm a mover and a shaker when it comes to, you know, you know, mobile hunting, walking out West, you know, going through the, you know, nasty vegetation, climbing up trees, you know, the bow rope up and down and, I said to myself, Hey man, I, I gotta, uh, I'm going to save on this aspect of it. Well, the saving on my site led to just like what you mentioned, it led to me, uh, having to continually tighten some, some, uh, some of those bolts that go into, you know, uh, you know, however you would make an adjustment on your, your site, uh, your pin, some of those were loose and that led me to having uh, inconsistencies in my accuracy and it frustrated the hell out of me uh all i wanted it to do was just stay there and um you know so for it in my opinion i feel like price really does reflect quality on on some of these things uh as far as a uh, as far as a site is concerned but you mentioned uh, uh, something about making it affordable too how does how does a company say, you know, make a comment like, "Well, our products are affordable too." Do you compare that to other uh, prices that are out on the market, or because it could be affordable to some person, but to another person in a different tax bracket, it could be not affordable? If that makes sense. Totally, totally get it. Well, the thing too is, it's when I say affordable, we literally make a competitive site, what I feel like is best in class and every single price structure that's available in the site market and making it affordable is in my opinion is getting what you pay for. You're getting a better product in my opinion, because I know what, what the kind of efforts that go into building those sites and, and those areas that, that needs addressed, like you said, whether it be your screw staying tight, the windage and windage being the side to side movement and you know your vertical movement as elevation being your vertical movement being very very easy to do and moving at a micro level yeah uh and we offer the tactic series which is uh was very important for us it still has the same smart mount system that our, some of our upper end sites have as well but it 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 allows them to micro adjust that windage and elevation uh so basically, you're turning a dial and it's clicking in, in 3,000 increments over. Uh, so you're you're able to get more precise with them. Yeah. Um, the other thing that that we really focused on when we we did our new pin design is, what a lot of people don't realize or even think about, because uh, I call them boner, what size pins am I shooting? Uh, whether it be a 19,000 diameter fiber optic. Uh, or a 10,000 fiber optic, and I don't want to try to talk over anybody's head, but there's a big difference. Whenever something is glowing, it seems a little bigger. Yeah. Uh, especially as a pin. So it may be 19,000s, but it may be covering up just for your eyes. So that's another thing that people need to look for uh, whenever they're they're shopping for a site is what is it? What's it, what's it look for? Does it attract to my eye? Do I need a little bit smaller pin? And we offer that most majority of our sites in either a 19 or a 10 thousandths pin. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because 
I had issues with some of these uh, sites back in the day with the the pin glowing too much, and it creates that halo mm-hmm. around, thus blocking more of your target, thus leading you to not being able to hold where you want to hold, right? Because there's more of mm-hmm. the, the target that's you know covered up. So, um, yeah, that's a great point. Having that customization you know, led me to the site that I'm running on my, uh, bow today, uh, because it offered a smaller, uh, uh, what's that term again? Like the, the pinhole or uh, it's the fiber. Yeah. The fiber, the fiber diameter is, is what it is. Because if you can think to just to put this in perspective and this ties right in with what you're saying, a lot of, you know, the fibers are round. So when they, they get threaded through the pin, they, they usually have to stick out to be able to gather light. That's why you see a lot of clear or plastic to where light can get in and hit the fiber and translute to the end of the pin. Well, a lot of times when, when uh, they're cutting those fibers, they'll pinch them down. So now they're not round. They're kind of egg-shaped or pinched at the end. But we've got a heat to where it keeps them. Our process keeps the fiber completely round, and a true 19,000th pin is – uh, our pins are true to 19,000s. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of cases, the pins may be show 10,000s, but they're actually like the 14,000s pin, which may be perfect for a lot of a lot of uh, hunters out there. Yeah. So it's it's literally uh, it's just a fiber diameter. Yeah. So what kind of options do you have under this uh, this tactic series? Because I'm looking at one right now, it looks like it's a three pin. So is is it one of those sites where the the top, the first and second pin are uh, set, and then the third one is the floater? Uh, well, what here? I'll, I'll go through the tactic series real quick of sites, and because we really have one for the the novice, it's a three pin. It's just the tactic the standard tactic site. Uh, and then we have one called the Tactic Micro, Micro, which does it comes as a five pin fixed with micro adjust windage and elevation. And then we have what we call the ta- Tactic Hybrid, which is what you're referring to. There is the Tactic Hybrid is a great site uh, for a guy that's coming off of a fixed pin site that wants to get into a floating site, uh, a site to where you can dial down the yardage. Uh, we offer that in a three pin because a three pin offers a still a clear enough sight picture to where you can, the pins aren't blending together. So how it works is you will uh, say you want your pins to be 20, 30, 40. So what you're doing, the siding in process would be you're going to use your bottom pin. And this is very, very important. You would use your bottom pin, focus on your bottom pin, your bottom pin only. Sight your bottom pin at 30 yards. When you sight it at 30 yards, there's a needle on the dial over there, and you just you have a blank piece of white tape that you that you cut, and you just stick it right on top of there, and then you'll make a mark when you're at 30 yards, sighting at 30. So then after you're sighting in 30, you made one mark by the needle. You back up, shoot your way back to 60 yards until you get your dial in the sight down, so you're still using your bottom pin, and... You, now you've got a 60-yard mark. You're sighting at 60, you make a mark. So now you have two marks on that tape. So now what you can do is you can don't move the sight, leave it right where it's at. You can unpeel that tape that you got the marks on. Then you can match those two marks to the tape provided in the package and line up your 30. Or you can shoot 20 and 60 as well. But you line up those two marks to your 20, whatever yardage your top one is, whether 20, 30, or your 60, and whatever number of tape that those two line up, that's the tape you're going to use. Okay. So then you'll peel that tape off and put that number of tape on the wheel where the needle's right close to 60. And if it's not quite on 60, that's fine because you haven't moved your sight. There's a little screw on the needle. You can just loosen that, slide your needle to 60, tighten it down. Now you know your bottom pin is, is going to be your basically your floating pin, the pin you're going to use when you move. Yeah. So now what you can do is you can just unlock it, the wheel, turn it back up to 40 yards because remember we were said 20 30 40 is what you want your pins to be at because 90 percent of the whitetail hunters and hunters out there are shooting 40 yards and in yeah so your bottom pins at 40 yards now you can manually side in your your top and bottom pin and you can whenever that needle's at 40 you know that you don't even have to move it 
unless you're practicing in the backyard and you want to shoot 60 yards, you can unlock it, dial it down to 60, and shoot, and then dial it right back up. So really, anything after 40 yards or what you want that bottom pin set at, you're only focused on the bottom pin. Gotcha. The, only, the top two pins are for for 90% of your hunting situations. Gotcha. So what's customer feedback on that? Um, is, is there a learning curve? Because I, I always think in worst-case scenarios and how I would, oh, my God, this buck popped out of nowhere. He's at he's at 20 now, but now he's out at 40. Um have you had any customer feedback where, where that could possibly get confusing or does that kind of just get solved with using the product over and over again, like throughout the summer months practicing? That scenario with a three pin doesn't, doesn't usually happen because I mean, if it is usually if a guy's shooting past 40 yards, the deer or animals usually relaxed or, or should be anyway. So you should have the time to do that. But outside of that, you have the three pins uh, there for anything from, you know, from 10 to 40 yards that, that are in the fixed position. So the only time you're dialing it is if uh, is really up to the hunter. So you should know. Now, a single pin, different story, depending on how your bow is performing, how it is, you know, you, you're going to have to kind of know that yardage. And, and we have had people, you know, shoot a single pin and be like, man, I had him at 20 and then, you know, he you know, saw a doe and ran out to 40. And I, you know, I ended up having to hold over because I didn't have time to move a single pin side. Uh, that's, that's the glory of a three pin because that right there, you know, they moved out to, he moved out there. So now I'm not using my top pin now. Now I can just stay go to my bottom pin because it's a 40 yards and let it eat. Okay. All right. So what's your, what's your most popular site right now? Probably the tactics, uh, the tactic micro is a pretty popular site. We have a new site called the CX five. That's really grown in popularity. It's got a carbon bar, super lightweight has interchangeable, uh, site, uh, rings, alignment rings, uh, that, that come out. If you don't like a green, you like a gray or a darker color, you can switch that out, but it comes as a, a fixed five pin as well. Uh, with the micro adjust, uh, they come with rheostat lights. Uh, they've been, that's been a super popular model just because it is a super light. It is a dovetail site too. So, and we can talk about that real quick dovetail. Cause this is a commonly asked question is how do I know where to set my dovetail? Uh, for those, for those who don't really, know what, what is the dovetail? Okay. The dovetail is a site where you have a mounting block that goes on your bow and a bar goes in and you can slide it in and out to tighten it. Okay. So the correct, the correct, uh, answer to where do i need to set my dovetail at is it depends on the, your peep in most cases or the easiest and most correct way is you want to make sure that you set it whenever you're full draw that your site housing is lines up perfectly with your peep that way you know you're always centered and if you're not centered you can correct uh but when that's normally the advantage of a dovetail uh site is okay. so you can make those adjustments Gotcha. All right. Um, so from your guys' sales, I'm, I'm sure you get to see the sales. Um, are, are more people interested in still in the fixed pin scenario where they have to go through and adjust every single pin, you know, from 20 all the way to 50 or 60, however many, you know, pins there are, or are people starting to lean towards these hybrid models like you discussed with the, uh, uh, the floater at the bottom? I think that, uh, there's still a lot of fixed fixed uh, people that like that fixed pin, uh, for sure. Uh, but the floating model sites are definitely gaining popularity, and especially the multi-pin ones. I feel like we kind of segued the, into the industry with a multi-pin floater using that bottom pin because it allows the best of both worlds. You can lock that down and use it as a fixed pin, but then still have the luxury of being able to shoot that long yardage when you want a lot of Western hunters like that, uh, being able to dial that down, which rightfully so it's a little bit more open terrain. And sometimes with, depending on the species of the animal, you're not going to get presented, uh, with a 20 yard opportunity, you know, so you, you have that, your skill set has, have 
has to be, I need to shoot, be able to shoot 60 yards. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, the, these, the floater sites and hybrid style sites allow them to do that uh, with, and still keep an open site picture. Because when you're looking into a housing and you see five pins or six pins a lot, my personal opinion, uh, and this is just me, I'm not saying some, a lot of people like the five pin site, super popular. For me, I just see a lot. A lot of it goes to, you know, blends together. That's why I shoot a three pin because it opens up my sight picture so I can be more precise yeah. with more of my pins. But that's just how my eyes adjust to it. That yeah. I'm not saying there's one way right or wrong. Uh, and some people like that that uh, one pin because that's all they got to do is focus on that one pin, yeah. uh, which there's nothing wrong with any of them. I feel like it's really about the time you put behind them so you know it because your sight's a very important piece of equipment to have to and detrimental to you making sure that you're hitting behind that pin uh, and, you know, you're hitting what you're aiming at. Yeah. And as the bows start to get faster and faster, right, it, it, or you're shooting lighter arrows or whatever, um, that 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 pin, what do they call that, like pinned uh, – where they're so close together, it's hard to even identify which pins, which. Yeah. They, they blend together. It's the pin gap when you have yeah. a really small pin gap yeah. like that, especially when you're shooting a bigger fiber optic, they just blend together. So yeah. really both pins are on the animal. You just don't know where they're at, you know, yeah. in a lot of cases. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you that's this. Why I, I like that. Like, yeah. I like that three pin like that. Cause you can have the gap a little bit and be able to, uh, really identify where my pin's at. Yeah. And I'll tell you this right now. I uh, think I'm starting to lean towards that, uh, that technology where uh, the, the top two are fixed. They're always going to be 20 or 30 or her, or however uh, I set it up. Mm -hmm. And then from there, uh, you know, anything outside of that, I feel like I would have time to adjust that pin to make a 50 or 60 yard shot. You know, if I'm going out West or something like that. Yeah, for sure, and and that's that's really a, uh, I mean, that's why those were developed the way they were, so you don't have to hold over, and make the mistake, uh, because ultimately, there's a lot of time, especially when an arrow leaves a bow, when an animal's at sixty plus yards, it, there's a lot of time between the time the arrow leaves, and it reaches the animal. So yeah. meaning. And in that time, one step can make a world of difference. So making sure that the animals relax, that you have time to make the, the proper adjustments is the ultimate key. And if it if not, you're you know, your sight's locked in and the animal's closer, you, you don't have to worry move anything. You can just put the proper pin on them and, and uh, pick a spot and let her rip. Yeah. All right. So uh, before we started recording, you mentioned that there is uh, a stabilizer trend that seems to be growing in popularity. Um, I I talked with a couple guys who uh, who start running these backward stabilizers. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right term for it, but uh, it seems like you guys uh, have a, a stabilizer system that uh, that can that you have for both the front and back of the bow. Yeah, and it's you know if you ever if people that that shoot 3D or have haven't and and have seen target archers, you see these long stabilizers with a bar coming out the back. So some refer to a back bar or a side bar. Uh, what that does, we actually developed the kit specifically for hunters as well, and it's called the Torx Hunt Kit because Torx is the CVE brand stabilizer bars, and. What that does, it's really grown in popularity and, and it's really blown us away as, as how well it's been received. And then it's made a huge difference in just in the way I shoot as well, talking to some of the our pro shooters of why. Uh, and then using it really made sense. Uh, you bolt everything. Your sight gets bolted on one side. Your quiver gets bolted on one side. So a lot of times you're fighting to keep your bow level full draw. So what we did was, you know, which is no secret, we just did it for the hunter as well. Uh, we offered two of our bars with a mount that goes so you, you have the ability to attach a back bar or side bar along with your front bar. And then you can, you can basically hone that in to where your bow is perfectly balanced at full draw. So whenever you're at full draw, 
you're level on your side and everything is perfectly level, you don't have to worry about making sure your site's level. It's already there. Yeah. And the cool thing about it is, too, is we sell additional weights. So if you if you wanted a little more weight in the back to try to soften your shot some, uh, you could. If you wanted to get a little bit more response out of your bow, meaning a little bit more, uh, you want the bow to, to stay up more, you may be able to remove some weight in the back and put it in the front. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of different scenarios. So you can really customize uh, the bow to feel the way you want it to. Yeah. Um, so when, uh, when someone would say, oh, that just, co- just adds more weight, you know, like the more you shoot, the more you'll figure it out and you don't need these stabilizer systems. That's, that's one thing I've heard someone say to me. Um, what would your mm-hmm. response to that be? It's really individual wise. Some people, if they're shooting good and don't have that, then, you know, I mean, it's, it's up to them to whether to try. I personally like, I like my head bows heavier. It's not because of, it's not because of the, the weight, I, though it, the bow is more steady. And I think I referred to in our last podcast, drive-by, uh, you know, drive-by, every bow hunter that's shot or every archer will probably be able to relate to what I'm about ready to say is whenever they come to full draw and you see your pins floating around a dot or whatever you're aiming at, and then when it gets close, you're touching it off. What adding more weight does is reduces that, that float. It allows the bow to sit there. So therefore your pin is steel and you can, your pin, you can burn a hole through, through that dot or whatever with the pin and execute a good shot. Uh, so the, adding weight to your bow in the right places helps that bow tone it down and really settle in and yeah. hold really well. Yeah. And I'll be honest as, as an archer, right? I'm a bow hunter, but you gotta be an archer to bow hunt. Um, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with accuracy because of not being able to uh, control that float, so to speak, right? Like some, mm-hmm. like some guys can. And uh, again, this is something that I've been looking into uh, myself has been stabilizing systems uh, on my bow, whether mm-hmm. it's front, back, adding weights in certain spots. But uh, I don't necessarily have an answer for myself yet but i know that's something that i'm going to be playing around with more this summer uh to see if it it helps at all yeah and i can tell you i've i was blown away by how well it helped me and the biggest reason too is by adding that that it does add weight the back bar or sidebar adds weight but what it has done is counterbalance my bow to where i felt like when i didn't have it i don't know if it was my grip well, because everybody's different, but my bow just seemed a little bit kind of out of level. I was fighting to keep it level, and then and which would induce more float. So now that I can keep my bow level when I get the full draw, my pin is just sitting still, and I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about where my pin needs to be. Yeah. And, you know, which that definitely helps out. So the stabilizer systems can be vitally important. Uh, I understand there's some people that don't like, they like the lighter setup. And they can shoot, you know, you know, uh, great, you know, uh, if they're happy with that. And that's totally fine. Uh, but for me personally, that, that little bit of extra weight helps that bow set there and makes me more. Because a lot of times I feel like I'm breaking off a, a really, really good shot. And uh, when I'm floating like that and the arrow is way up here. But when, since I put that back bar in, I can, I can know my pins there. I can break off what I feel like is not so good of a shot and i'm sitting at the bottom of the dot or you know i'm saying just just right around still within you know the realm of 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 harvesting now you know making a good ethical shot yeah uh even though i'm i know i broke off a bad shot because let's face it you know there's a lot of hunters out there they can say oh you know i'm a great shot with a bow and that's they probably are when it comes down to crunch time, you got that grunt buck chasing a doe, runs by, it stops. I mean, if your heart ain't beating and you ain't ready to send it, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. It's, you know, you react differently in those type of situations, you know, so, and everybody does and, and it's just the way it is. So I want to make sure that my bow is settled down if for those, 
for the excitement to make sure that when I'm at full draw and maybe I am worked up and have the shakes a little bit because we all get them a little bit. And then, you know, the both said uh, steady. Yeah. Well, and you know, you hear bow manufacturers talk about a term called forgiveness, right? And it sounds mm-hmm. like uh, what you're what you're saying is that by adding some of the, this stabilization to the bow, it is assisting in that forgiveness, thus leading to um, not that it's a quantifiable term, but additional forgiveness in your shot. Yeah, I mean, I can I can support that theory for sure. Uh, it's just doing it in a different way. Your bow, people refer to a bow as being forgiving, uh, but this can definitely help assist in that because. You got to remember, there's somebody that's got to operate that bow and shoot right. that bow, yeah. meaning they've got to draw the bow back. They have to anchor. They have to aim, make sure the pin's there. So what? You're right. It can help in that process because if your bow settled down and your pin's not floating and you can hold that pin all the way in from sighting a bow in. Yeah. I mean, I've been sighting a bow in before without that and been floating over, and I've been donutting it at at 20 yards. You know, couldn't miss. You back up to 30, and you get your sight in, and it's like you're shooting at that same dot, and you're just kind of all around it, and you're like, okay, that's good enough. Let me go back. Well, what this allows, I mean, it, it allows your groups to kind of really tighten up. At least it did for me. Uh, and so if anybody's thinking about, you know, a back bar, side bar, that's that's really where it's helped me quite a bit is, is when I'm backing up because if you're shooting 40 yards, 50 yards like I, like we were talking about earlier your target is getting smaller so therefore your bow being stable is of the utmost importance yeah uh because one little movement compounds the further you go back okay all right so that's stabilizers um let's let's jump to quivers real quick uh, how many how many different skews of quivers do you guys offer uh we, we just have two uh we have the Tactic Series uh, Quiver, Tactic 5 Quiver. It's a five-barrel quiver. comes with a foam pad in there. You can pull that out if you're shooting mechanical broadhead and still have a place for the tip to go so they're not just going to rattle around. Uh, for every arrow diameter, the cleats will, will hold. They have one for the standard size or one uh, for the micro diameter all in the same cleat, so you just push it in one more click for the micro diameter. That's the – I mean, I run run the Tactic uh, five on mine. It's a, it's a $49 and I think MSRP quiver, uh, uh, just perfect foolproof. I mean, comes mounts, easy detach for guys that don't like to shoot with a quiver on. Uh, you can just one lever, pull it right off, hang it up. Uh, whatever the case, if you do like to shoot with a quiver on, that's good too. There's a screw on the bottom. You can tighten it make sure it always stays good and tight. Uh, but very, very affordable, uh, it also the one thing I will note too, it does. We were talking about weight distribution. If you do shoot with it on, it, you can adjust. I guess the windage or the the left or right. To, if you want that quiver really tight to your bow, you can loosen that screw, slide that piece in all the way in uh, to your bow, and and lock it down. Or if you want it a little bit further away from your bow for clearance or whatever the case, you can you can really customize it uh, that way as well. And then the mod five. As of right now, is uh, it's a just an aluminum frame quiver. It retails. Uh, it's a little bit, uh, you know, more money uh, because it is a a, a aluminum frame. But uh, yeah, but the Tactic Five, in my opinion, for for any situation, is a great quiver choice. I mean, I've I've used it and beat them up and rode around the back of side by sides and e bikes and everything else. <laughs> and I'm I'm just very impressed with how well they've held up. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that, uh, uh, like when it comes to a quiver, uh, the only thing I care about is whether or not it holds my arrows. Like I, like I'm the kind of guy who functionality first type of deal where I, I, all I want it to do is if there's a little bump on my arrow, it's not going to fling them out. It stays tight and true. Um, is when it comes to designing a quiver, is there anything special or crazy that goes into it that maybe a, an average Joe would say, Oh, I never thought about that. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, the hood design and stuff with all the different styles of broadheads coming out, that is one. I definitely, I like the adjustment in or, or away from the, the riser of the bow. 
Uh, and then, like you said, the grip of the, the arrows. I'll tell you a quick story. I, this happened two seasons ago. I was in a hunt camp in Kansas, and, uh, I mean, it could have been really, really bad. Uh, but we were – guy that we were hunting with, uh, you know, and mutual friend was – we he was out hunting, and, and we went and picked him up. Uh, we're going to pick him up because he had walked out to the road and, and needed a ride to, uh, back to camp with us. So we, we go and pick him up. Well, he gets in, uh, he gets in, when he gets into the truck, I, I'd look over and, and he's like, man, I don't feel good. And I was like, what do you mean? So I looked down and, his, and he just had blood. His, his boot was literally full of blood. And what had happened was he, when he got into his, his his arrow wasn't cleated into that, that quiver and it wasn't holding and his quiver had felt his arrow had fell out and he didn't even know it. But when he stepped on his arrow, his other leg come from and which brought the broadhead up and it went right in through his cast. Dang. And literally, and when he got up, he didn't even go up. So, I mean, we were, I mean, it could have turned out really bad. He was bleeding bad. We were able to turn to get, get him to the hospital and stuff, but that's how important to make sure from a quiver to make sure that your arrows, your arrow choice that you're using will grip in that quiver and, and do it well. And if it, if it doesn't see if that manufacturer has a replacement uh, rubber cleat or something like that to make sure that they do, because I've, I, I experienced that. It, it wasn't me. Thankfully, the gentleman was great. It was okay. Uh, had some recovery time, but, uh, but, I've heard of other scenarios out in the field where that's happened. So, and that that's something that's small that can be overlooked. But you know, everybody wants to go home to the family and have 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 fun and continue hunting. So that's just something to always pay attention to. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, uh, rest. Do you you have a rest? But it's mm-hmm. just it's just for it's just for basically target archers. Yeah, well, it, it's considered a target rest, and and not saying that we won't do something on the rest side, uh, you know, down the road. But uh, but the X4 arrow rest is a it's a rest. It's a blade style rest rest that uh, that has every adjustment that you can think of. Uh, and a lot of target archers have chosen to use this rest uh, because of those adjustments. Um, and it's really taken off on that side of it, which has kind of sparked a lot of new ideas and innovations on a hunting style rest as well. So who knows CBE down the road may, may end up with a hunting style rest at some point, but uh, the X4L rest is if you, if you like a, a stationary rest, not a drop away, but it's more, they call lizard tongue rest uh, on at the arrow just sits on that. So when you draw back, you're on a lot of target, it's, what a lot of target archers use uh it's been a it's been a pretty popular choice amongst a lot of target archers yeah uh, do you also have something called the arrow main rest it's basically a, a version of the whisker biscuit that is a good uh yeah for sure yeah the arrow main rest is a it's a it's a great rest for the money if you'd like to shoot that biscuit style rest it is a great it has both side to side and up and down motion uh, movements, so you can adjust the rest for to, to obtain center shot based upon the diameter arrow, and and everything. And I've, I mean, it's been a it's been a huge seller as well because it's an affordable rest. And I actually I turkey hunted with that rest, uh, uh, just not this season, but past season. Yeah. And uh, had nothing but great things about. It. I still have it on one of my booths now. Yeah, I think I'm going to get that style of rest for. Um my kids uh, just like the containment mm-hmm. factor of it right it, the arrow's not really going anywhere mm-hmm. once you once you get it in there yep no and and it's it's definitely foolproof for for kids and some people like it yeah you know just like that rest because they like to have it fully contained knowing that once it's in there it's not going anywhere yeah all right so i want to talk to you a little bit about you know like you have your bare bow elite right you guys you're uh uh, elite is under the uh, is under the the outdoor group umbrella, and now it's time to you know maybe the average hunter. It's time to deck it out with CBE gear. What what rest or excuse me, what sight and what quiver and what uh, stabilization are you are you going to trick it out with? 
I I personally shoot like I shoot the Engage Hybrid three pin uh, with a ten thousandths pin, uh, and you sight that in very similar. The only thing with the Engage series sights is it does come with a metal sight tape that uh, uh, so it's basically anodized aluminum sight tape. So you don't have to worry about getting weather. Nothing sticks. You have two screws that hold it in, uh, and the the housing does adapt to a lens uh i personally don't shoot a lens but uh but it's just it's good to have all those features it's a dovetail site that i can really customize going in and out as far as what people i'm using so i'll use that one in a three pin configuration uh along with a torx hunting kit i'll uh i usually run the, the it comes with 11 and 7 inch bar there's no right or wrong there if you want to shoot a shorter bar up front and a longer bar in back because that's what suits you you have the you have the luxury to do that so i shoot the 11 inch bar in the front and the seven and a half inch bar in the back and uh and that's that's literally how how i trick it on then i have the, the tactic the tactic five quiver that i equip it with gotcha Perfect. All right. So, you know, uh, last question, similar to what I asked you last time is there's all these walls of sights and, uh, rests and quivers and, and everything like that on a wall at a bow shop. And a guy's trying to find out what, uh, what he needs for his bow. Why should he choose custom bow equipment? Well, just like we, we talked earlier, uh, about was the fact that knowing that you're getting a, a quality product, that is that is made for the boat hunter um let's if you're spending your money on you want quality equipment uh, meaning whether it's for the next bow that you have or whatever that bow you know is going to that site i guess is going to be still in working order order for when you want to upgrade bows it's always going to last and i'm just telling you that you'll be you know if you upgrade within the custom bow putting a line of sights you're going to see a lot of similarities to the way they're built and you almost get so familiar with it. It's a, just an extension of, of your equipment. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you know exactly where to adjust, how to adjust it, how much to adjust if I'm two inches right at 20 yards and know that whenever you lock it down, it's going to stay there. Perfect. Well, Larry, again, thank you for taking time out of your day uh, to talk about CBE. Uh, the product line and whatever. If people want to find out more information about uh, the product line, the sites, rest, stabilizers, where should we send them? Yeah, you can go to custombowequipment.com. You can send us a message there, or you can go to the Custom Bow Equipment uh, social channels. Send us a message. We do respond to questions. we got some of our pros uh, that work for the outdoor group, like Darren Christianberry, uh, myself, uh, we, we're going to answer your questions any way that we can have, uh, help out. Or if you just have questions about sites in general, you know, we're, we're, we're all archers. We need to, uh, you know, bind together and we're here to help. So uh, uh, no questions, a dumb question. Uh, you know, just ask us and, and you'll get an answer.